Infernal Leaders by J.P. Leck. I'd forgotten that cut off there. <laughs> You've just heard a small piece of a secret that I have kept for longer than I have not. I have never made known the story that I am to tell you, because for me, a new and secret life began afterward. But now, that life has nearly ended, and it's time to give wings to the truth. If you haven't gathered already, this is a recording within a recording, like what Poe said about dreams. That's about as poetical as I'm going to get. This old tape is not a complete chronicle, so I will chime in from time to time, as I am now, to help the story along. The recordings to be played for you were made by myself as a young man, when I was a field correspondent for the Daily Dispatch, a regional newspaper in the Southwest. It was my job to do the legwork. I would go out and collect interviews from witnesses with my trusty reel-to-reel. I had to wear this thing around me by a strap, if you can believe it, and the microphone was actually wired to it. Laughable when compared with the digital device I'm using right now. This modern technology that fits in my pocket. Anyway, I was a novice in those days and I got plenty of throwaway assignments because of it. And I assumed the same of what would become of my editor's final task, which was to, well, wait, before I get ahead of myself, I'd better supply you with some pertinent facts. I was, after all, a reporter once upon a time. I'd better act like it. (coughs) Small, isolated towns are not rare throughout the American Rockies, but there was one that was a little more unique than its peers. Founded in Old West times, the town now known only as Nowhere grew continually, and come the 20th century, it looked to blossom into a major metropolitan area. But this was not to be. Before it could be expanded into an actual city, a vast network of caves was discovered beneath nowhere. In case you didn't know, there's a thing called subsidence. You can't safely build significant structures over hollow ground for the risk of it all collapsing into the earth. So unable to modernize with citadels of steel, developers and businesses began to pull away. The people followed soon after. Nowhere became the proverbial ghost town. Now, why have I told you any of this? Because ghost towns make for the best ghost stories. In that time, the most recent of such had come courtesy of Jeremiah Coyle, a drifter known to have recently made his camp in the old town. From there to that civilization that lay beyond the mountain, he had come running and ranting. He had fled in fear, having heard voices beckoning him to end his own life. Obviously, little credence was given to this man or his story, but it did serve to reignite some popular scuttlebutt in the surrounding areas, so much so that it was destined to engage the local press. Had it not been late October, and our feature page needing something seasonally appropriate, I very much doubt that I would have been dispatched to nowhere. I was to interview anyone I could find and determine if something was truly and supernaturally amiss in the old town. 
It was to have been a tongue-in-cheek story for Halloween. <coughs> if only that's what it was. Okay, I think you have enough relevant backstory. The tape begins here. This is me when I first got to the town of nowhere, whose name I will let my younger self explain to you. Uh, okay, am I? Yeah, I'm recording. <clears throat> I finally arrived. It's after dark now. My intention was, of course, not to get here so late, but I became lost coming up the mountain. The only reason I found the place at all is because I followed some tire tracks down a dirt road that I wouldn't have seen otherwise. I think someone else came here ahead of me. Not sure who, but I'm suddenly twice as uneasy about this whole thing. Where is my... There it is. A flashlight in one hand and a microphone in the other. Now it's time to get out of the car. I'm approaching the outskirts. I can see the welcome sign up ahead. It is weathered and faded. Most of its wording is unreadable now. I can't even tell what the original name of the town was. The sign is also cracked down the middle and either side is collapsing into the other. It looks like a portion of it once said, you are now here. But with how the lettering has been forced together, it now looks more like you are nowhere. Well, isn't that nice and creepy? Here's Main Street, I guess, and on either side, ruinous buildings. Most are slanted, a couple are even leaning against their neighbors. I see a lot of caved-in roofs, and most every window is glassless. Except that one has a pair of long shards hanging down from the top of the sill. Kind of looks like fangs in the gaping maw of a vampire. Ooh! Ooh! Uh. It's just, uh, just a nighthawk. Intent on embarrassing me. <clears throat> anyway, there's a church at the far end of this roadway, a really old one. What I think may be the only original structure left over from the town's creation. It has a belfry, and there looks to be a burial yard behind it. Wait, I think there's a... Yes, there's a dim light coming from around the corner up ahead. I'm going to see what it is. It's a bike, a motorcycle, laying on its side. The headlight is glowing faintly. Battery must be near dead. There's more, more bikes. All of, all of them laying down. What is that glinting in the dirt, a knife? And there's a gun over there. It looks like a doomsayer. These boys make business. Here's, here's a discarded vest. Bloody. I think this is a gang. Yeah, there's a club patch on the back. It's a pair of dragon's wings. That makes this the Infernal Ears. I've heard of these guys. There's some rough characters. Did they turn on each other? Why? And where? Where where are they? Did they run off or or get carried off? The tire tracks I saw earlier were theirs. Must have gotten here a day ahead of me, maybe more. Why'd they come to this ghost town? Never mind, I, I have that answer. I see cash on the ground beside a torch saddlebag, and inside is full of money. Somewhere, somebody's reporting a major theft, I'd bet on it. 
probably a bank, judging by the sizable denominations of the bills. So the Infernaliers came here to hide out. The fight must have erupted over how the spoils would be divided up. This is not the story I came here for. I'm going. Wait. The door to this phone booth was closed when I passed it by earlier. There's flies all over it now. What is that? The bell is tolling. The bell is tolling at the old church. But it's at the opposite end of the town from my car. More! They're coming out of the buildings. They've they cut me off. In the church it is. I stopped the tape and set aside my recorder so that my new companion and I could properly fortify the sanctuary. This we did with rotting pews and a couple of kneelers. I don't think there was any desecration to be forgiven considering the circumstance. We worked hastily and in silence, somehow more frightening than if the entire structure was to have been besieged by our enemies. They instead vanished, resuming the shadows. We watched for nearly an hour for any sign of them finally acknowledging this was a momentary reprieve. I took up my recorder again. Can we talk? Quietly. Right. Why are you recording this? I'm a reporter. I often leave this running when I'm on assignment. That's how I take notes. And I have a tendency to talk to myself. What are you doing here? Some strange stories have been coming out of this town. I came here to find out if they were true. And you? The very same, coincidentally. So, you're just a curious party, then. Are you interviewing me? If you don't mind. Rex Benton. I'm with the Daily Dispatch. Laney. A last name won't be necessary. As you like it. Well, Rex, your timing is very poor. And frustrating. How's that? I've been in town since before sundown without them knowing it. My signaling you to this church has exposed me. They know we're both here now. Well, I'm glad you did. Thanks. I think you probably saved my life. I delayed your death. And probably not by much if this night gets any worse. Did you see what happened out there? The bikers? No. That blood was shed before I arrived. But I have a pretty good idea of the situation. A fight over the money would be my guess. That would be it on the surface. But you must ascend to deeper depths, my friend. Huh? Never mind. No, go on. Those men were maddened into violence by things beyond human perception. This is an old tactic of the Dark Ones, for they destroy us by the hands of our fellow man. But this slaughter served a greater purpose. They needed bodies and quickly. You see, an evil spirit must work ardently to inhabit a living person, and it requires that person to first provide an opening to themselves. But a dead body is devoid of a soul. It is an empty vessel, one easily commandeered. Inhabiting the dead is not something they do often nowadays. It's too much of a spectacle, and it can reveal their presence. 
and demon kind want more than anything to be thought myth by men. Lady, what? I haven't time for this nonsense. What are you actually doing here? So far, only watching. There's several that stay topside. Standing guard, apparently. But most of the creatures are underground. So that's where they got to. They're in the caves, beneath the town. Yes, and I've seen them collecting spades and mattocks. What are the Infernaliers doing down there? What did you call them? It's a gang. Those are not the men they once were. I'm sorry, I don't believe that they're demon-possessed corpses. They're men. A touch crazier than you, perhaps. But still just men. There was one over top of you. Did you not see? The smell alone must have given it away. Or the flies. Besides, it is not a matter of what they are, but why. And why are they? Evil has no origination. It was not created. All things were made holy by the Holy One. Therefore, evil is merely a perversion of something good. We're in a church sanctuary, so let's take, for instance, the sacrament of communion. The Messiah had his disciples eat the bread and drink the wine, metaphorical for his flesh and blood. But the inverse of this, the literal, is to eat flesh and drink blood as the dead and undead creatures of this world have been known to do. Those creatures who have been given a perverse resurrection apart from the Messiah, and whom true life is alone found. So... Not only do monsters exist, they do so for a deeply philosophical reason. How did you come by this? From a book. This one. Do you carry that around in your coat all the time? I'm rarely without it. This book opens your eyes to things of menace in this world and demands your action against them. And that's why you're here, in nowhere, to slay monsters. What was that on the cover, a spiral? Are you hypnotized or something? You're speaking drivel. I don't expect or need you to believe me. You're serious. This is the story you're sticking to. It is. Well, then I guess those dragon wings the infernal ears wear on their backs are now entirely appropriate, huh? So why have these devils hijacked a bunch of dead bikers? They needed physical hands. There's work going on below us. They're excavating, I think, looking for something. Like what? I have an idea, and it also comes from this book. There's a story in it that concerns this very chain of mountains 60 years ago and a creature that I believe was accidentally unearthed when the railroad cut a tunnel through this ancient rock. What kind of creature? An unnatural one from prehistory. What may have once been a man, but was allowed to become something else. Something terrible. That particular monster was killed, but there are clearly others that the enemy is here looking for them. There could be many, in fact. Maybe a whole race of them. And you think they've been living down in the caves all this time? Not living. Sleeping. Have you ever heard reports of animals entombed in rock, being found ages later alive and well, somehow preserved through the eons and the stone in which they were encased? Frogs and lizards, right? And a story out of 1800s France in which an actual dinosaur emerged from the rock? Yeah, I've heard of that. It's, of course, impossible in every way. Rex, if we see the dawn, your idea of impossible will have its borders greatly broadened. I will humor you only a bit further. Why would they be trying to unearth this monster you describe? Can't say. For something wretched, that much is sure. Whatever their scheme, it is one that must be stopped. I was looking for an alternate entrance to the caves when I heard you out in the street. And did you find it? There is a crypt under this church. 
It appears that when one of the sepulchres was being carved into the wall, the masons broke through into one of the caverns. They left the breach open. It will take some crawling, but we can do it. We? The creatures that attacked you are still out there. They're probably not bothering to break in here because they know they can wait us out. And if you try running back to your car, they will snatch off your every limb. But if you come with me down into the earth, we might be able to destroy them all. It's our only chance. What do you say, Rex? I saw how you put down that creature from the phone booth, smashed its head in with your flashlight. You've got guts. How about using them for something noble? I don't have much use for nobility. But this is going to make a great story. Lead the way. I followed Laney down into the bowels of that old church, into a crypt that looked medieval. She had a flashlight of her own and directed its beam and my attention to the grave she had spoken of. It was little more than a slot in the wall, just large enough for a body, obviously. At the other end, I saw where the masons had accidentally punched into that vast network of caves that sprawled beneath the town. When I hesitated, Laney went first into that narrow stone throat. Her petite form had little difficulty in shimmying through. I had a bit more trouble, and she had to pull me through from the other side when I became momentarily wedged. Laney was more dust-covered than I, and her hair was entangled with cobwebs, but she had no care for any of it. Her mind was on the mission. I marveled at her resolve. Echoes of some ruckus made their way to us, and we followed them deeper in. It was the expected, but still terrifying sound of methodical toiling. When nearly upon the scene, I resumed recording. They're just around that bend up ahead. I can see that. I'm documenting. Did you really turn that recorder back on? You're about to be much too busy for that. They're out of sight, but the infernal ears have lanterns with them, and we can see their gigantic shadows on the wall. Their movements are jerking and strained. Rigor mortis. Of course. What now? Our enemy existed before the world did. They have vast power, but at the moment they're no stronger than the rotting shells they've stolen. We need only sever their hold from our physical realm. What does that mean? We've got to chop up a bunch of corpses. Really? I can see a broken shovel they've discarded, and over there is a pickaxe. Do you have a preference? Blaney, I'm not ready for it. They've stopped. They've stopped. Why? Oh, no. They're, they're, they're dropping their tools. They know we're here. They're coming. Lady, we have to run. No, Rex. We have to fight. Here, you get the pickaxe. Don't think about what you're going to do. Simply do it. The infernal ears. I can see them now. Rex, attack! What is that? We're not done yet, Rex. Around the bend. Come on. Come on. 
this is where they were working. I, I really don't see it. My God. It looks dead. It's dead, right? Not, not sleeping. I can't tell. It's hideous. It's only half exposed. Hanging forward out of the rock like a horrid relief carved in the cave wall. Yes, Rex. I know. I'm talking to my recorder again. I need a detailed description of this thing. As far as I can tell, it has the structure of a man, but the contours of something animal. It has wings, but only one is free of the rock, as is an arm. From the extent of this limb dangle immense claws on a thrice-fingered hand. Its head is like that of a bat's. Chevron ears, vertical nostrils, and a distended jaw with fangs galore. Oh, it's a nightmare. And, Laney, don't get too close. The skin of the monster is semi-transparent. The beam of my flashlight shines through its opaque flesh, and I can see the dark forms of organs beyond. And, and, Laney, Laney, the heart, the heart just beats. Let go! Let go! Thank you, Rex. Now we're even. That rock won't hold it forever. We have to finish it off. Rex, remember, don't... Don't think about it. I won't. Laney and I retreated. In a silent daze, we went back through the cave crawled through the grave and into the church crypt, and then went up and out. Dawn had come, and it lifted the town of nowhere from the abyss of black that had drowned it. The corpses, to have earlier attacked me, now lay face down on the sidewalks and slumped over against the curbs, vacated by their puppeteers who had abandoned their failed mission. Are you recording? I do have a couple more questions, if you don't mind. Sure. Who gave you that book? Someone who I became. Someone who you will become. I don't understand. Here. I was told to pass it along when I met the right person. I think you're it, Rex. I'm not sure I want it. It can feel like a burden. But truly, it's freedom. You will no longer be one of them. One of who? Everyone else. You will now be a novelty among men. A what? Oh, and that's not the only one. There's more books like this? I was told so, and that they were all together once. Maybe one day they'll be reunited. Where are you parked? Down there. I'm over here. It was very good to meet you. Oh, okay. So this is goodbye, I guess. It is, my friend. Farewell. I read the book, and just as she said, was forever changed by it. I became what Laney described as a novelty. It has been my life's work to seek out and unmake monstrous things. But those days are behind me now. In what is apparently the tradition of the book's possessors, I have recently bequeathed it to another. I left it to a young woman not unlike she who gave it to me, and I have seen how it has changed her and am confident she has taken up the cause. And one day, 
she will give it to another. Maybe that person will put it into print for all the world to read. If everyone were to awaken to the darkness around them, evil would stand no chance. This is, in part, what I attempt with these recordings. I have arranged for them to be broadcast during the Halloween season, for which the story of Nowhere was originally intended. It's only late by forty years. I have also left instructions for it not to air until after my death. So if you are hearing this, I am gone from the earth. I apologize for not telling you earlier that I was speaking from beyond the grave. But then again, beyond the grave is where I have lived ever since that night so long ago. This has been The Infernal Ears by J.P. Leck. The voice of Rex Benton the Older was provided by Timothy Renshaw. The voice of Rex Benton the Younger was provided by Tucker. And Laney was voiced by Lindsay Leck. All rights reserved. For other audio plays, short films, short stories, comic books, and novels by J.P. Leck, visit EndlessElsewhere.com.